Good evening, folks. Uh, I was about to say hello and just to uh, pretend that it's not 11 o'clock at night. Um, tonight's late, late post-game. Uh, I'd like to blame it on a number of things. Um, I'm going to blame it on the cold. Um, I think that's going to be the one I'm going to pin the blame onto. Um, but nonetheless, uh, we're here now. Um, thanks to anyone that's going to be tuning in at this late hour. And obviously to people maybe listen back to it tomorrow morning. I'm um, just going to go over kind of general post-game discussion from um, tonight's game against Copenhagen. Um, I, I seen it was I think Rangers rabble, but a, a tale of tale of two corners. I'd say that's very much true. Uh, for most of that game, I was really happy with the performance. I thought we uh, we did everything we probably set up to do. Um, we didn't really give them much. Uh, we gave I, I think I tweeted in the post-game. Uh, the fight, the full-time tweet was uh, we gave them little and took even less. Um, apart from uh, the two corners, which I'm sure we'll talk about, um, I did have at half time. I was actually kind of disappointed that I didn't actually get to go live at half time. Had a, a really good start. I had, I don't usually script out things, but I had it scripted as in the Unibet gamble responsibly derby. The fun has stopped. Stopped for half time. Um, what are the odds of me having hypothermia? And uh, I don't think it would be a gamble to suggest that we would make changes at halftime um, just to go with our, <laughs> our shot sponsor there um, and obviously for Copenhagen as well. Um, just trying to be light-hearted, uh, most freezing in the cold. Uh, I've also I, I put a little tweet out before the start, just get some questions in if you have any off the top of your head that you want us to kind of go over. The, go over. I say us, it's just me tonight. Um, there's one or two in there. Uh, uh, one obviously does does Andrew's wife make his tea? I don't think even if I'd asked my my girlfriend if she'd make my tea, she'd probably scalp me, which is probably about right. Um, I would have no arguments there. Uh, the first one was that the other one was quite good. That I've seen. Um, what is the board and scouting department uh, been <laughs> been doing with uh, forward planning regarding new players since Clement came in? Um, I'll answer that one with a comment that Clement made in the post game. Um in the press room in terms of I'll, I'll link it to our kind of Red Van Yilmaz conundrum at the moment um, he's obviously said things along the lines of you know no player at Rangers is a, a player that we can't afford to accept a nice deal on if there is if there's a nice amount of money that comes in we're obviously going to have to give it some serious thought and if that it's a nice amount of money we're probably going to have to look at replacing them but from the sounds of that Going along the lines of what he also said, we we wouldn't be able to play with one left back with three competitions until the end of the season. Obviously, that being Barnabas, such if we were to sell with Van Yelmaz, um, which uh, to me strikes that we probably are only looking at selling Yelmaz if we have a replacement there. That and if there isn't a, a ready replacement there, then we're not too bothered at least until the summer, which I think is obviously less fair. If that's a good assessment of. Uh, the two options we have at the moment. Um, I wouldn't be interested in shopping Yelmaz unless it's for somebody better or someone that Clement um, kind of backs as, a, as a, a player he needs for his system. I don't see Borna moving, um, especially with his contract running down in the summer. I think it will be a case of we either renew him or we, we just let him go and at the end of the season for free. Um, we we got to speak to uh, I think it's a question, but he was I was obviously in the press room for Clement. I thought he spoke really well in terms of our dealings, our transfer dealings. Uh, he was quite uh, quite sharp with some of the questions he faced in terms of the, the business that we are we're looking at and saying along the lines of uh, 
20 years ago, I might have given you the answer you really want there. Um, obviously, some, some poking questions as to let us know what's really going on. Um, give us give us some headlines. And they was quick to shut it down, um, which I thought was quite funny. Um, you get the post-game um, thoughts from the manager that will be going up tonight, if not tomorrow morning, across our socials, uh, the Twitter, the YouTubes, and on to Patreon as well. Um, I'm sure that our Daily News crew tomorrow will be talking about tonight's game, so I'll, I'll not cramp on their style too much. Um, tonight was it was a performance apart for those two goals that I was actually quite happy with. It was exactly what I kind of thought it would be. Copenhagen started quite slow, similar to the way we were against Hertha Berlin. Um, obviously, it's the same kind of scenario. This was the first uh, mid-season friendly that they'd played. Um, they hadn't played a game since Galatasaray in the Champions League, so we were they were kind of in the same situation as we were against Berlin, where Berlin had played a game before uh, going into the game against us. So it was quite clear that we had that extra degree of sharpness. You know, that we more in the tank. Um, I thought we really controlled the first half. I was kind of happy with it. Um, I, I'd be silly to not comment on Matondo Mania running wild. Um, who we actually got to, I got a question in with after the game, which was a, a pleasure. Um, I'll always hype up Rabi Matondo because I just think there was a player in there and he, I think he took his goal really well tonight. But as I said in, in the actual live tweet of it, he missed a, a kind of clear-cut chance with attempting a lob, which was a, more of a high cross that ended up being uh, to Todd at the back post, which I don't think he got close to. But, uh, you know, he... he he, he go back up, he go back on the horse and he, he tracks the ball down, he wins it back and he drives at the defence, which is, you know, that's one thing he can do. Uh, he does, he gets the ball at his feet and he can run it, run it teams. He did it even against the best. I mean, the PSV almost scored a cracker um, in Eindhoven uh, where he got the ball out and he just ran, um, took face up the, the defence and, uh, and you know, beat them. And he, he worked that kind of space for himself tonight. He put the ball into the far corner. It was a great goal. Um <laughs> I was actually uh, I had to chop it down as I was there. It was an I was there moment for Matondo scoring. Um but yeah, I'm really proud of him and he was kinda he was chuffed with that in the in the, the post game. Um it certainly doesn't do his uh he's he's spot here any harm, um adding some goals. I think that's been clear anytime he spoke to the media, um or even the manager spoke about him, um the manager's been clear about what he wants from him, where he can add to his game. I think he's he's made that clear himself. You know, adding some more goals certainly won't do any harm in terms of himself personally and also for the team because secondary scoring is just as important as your striker getting x amount of goals a season. I said we said this. I said this personally after the the, the old firm. I mean, Kyogo scores goals, but the first six old firms he played in, he never scored. But then the scoring came from Abada. The scoring came from O'Reilly. The scoring came from Jota. It's about having that secondary scoring in place. And I think uh, tonight will obviously help coming off the back of his injury that he's going to have a bit more confidence. Um, yeah, Curry, I think you're right. He didn't do a, a lot more than that. Um, I thought leading up to his goal, I think especially as a whole, the both the wide threats, uh, McCausland and Matondo were, were quite sharp. There was a, some nice wee threaded balls up there towards the byline that they both got into the end of, which forced corners. If only we could do something with those corners, um, that would have been uh, lovely because there was a good few in the opening 10 minutes where um, Yilmaz put the ball up the line and 
and McCausland got in the end of some Raskin passes that were just uh, threading them behind for them to get to the byline. Um, I thought that was quite sharp. We looked quite good with those kind of round the corner passes. Um, I don't think, uh, to be honest, that Copenhagen really laid a glove on us, which is annoying given the fact there was a two each final score. Um, I'll go into those kind of goals. That, that, to tell you exactly the story of the two corner goals is you look at our live tweets or my live tweets, I got both the scorers wrong on both of them. That says how, how tightly packed the kind of six-yard box was for both of the corners. We just couldn't handle the cramped area. Um, it was just a, a catastrophe. Um, I don't think Robbie covers himself in glory for the first one. Uh, I think he kind of comes for it, but doesn't fully come at. Um, and if it is, I think it was said it was yeah, Ufeko on goal. Um, for the second one, it's a good header, <laughs> if that is the case. It's just a shame it's in our own net. I thought he was quite solid apart from that, um, funnily enough, um, which is a shame. But um, it, the game kind of died in the second half when we made the full-scale change. Uh, I think a lot <laughs> a lot of the people around us were kind of stuck in for the long haul when we made those changes, um, yeah, apart from Desser's goal, uh, which he could have had another within about a minute. Um, we didn't really do much, and Copenhagen started to pick up the pace. Um, obviously, finding a bit of sharpness coming as the, the game carried on. Um, I was I was really worried that Jordan Larson would score tonight because um, <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly would have enjoyed it. Um, we all know who his, his dad is, um, so I'm sure there would have been no short of uh, celebrations against us. Um, but I mean, we did. Apart from the two goals, as I said, it's annoying to have to say apart from the two goals. Um, we did our job. Uh, the manager was quick to say that he was happy with the twenty-two players that played. Um, especially he kind of um shouted out to the younger guys at King again playing at right back. Um, Jonah said that the other night. He'd obviously centre backs where he'd played last year in the Champions League and then CDMs where he's kind of been playing for Scotland, the under twenty ones, but right back. He said that a small amount of experience as far as I'm aware, but not to a, a professional game level. Um. That's even the right way of phrasing that. Um, and then Cole McKinnon, who predominantly as a centre midfielder, was uh, occupying the left wing spot tonight. Um, Clement was quick to say he was happy with what he contributed, given the fact that it's not his natural position. So I, I think it was a good night's work, but with the two corners, it definitely gives them something to work on uh, going into Dumbarton. I said that in, in our, our full-time tweet. Dumbarton, it's one of those games that's... We should be blowing them out the water, but they'll be looking for the set pieces. They'll be looking to capitalise on those when they come, when they're far, few and far between. Um, the, the, the long free kicks, the corners with the the win, um, that's where they'll be really pinning their hopes on finding a goal. Um, and we really need to do better <laughs> because that, that'll be their focus. Um, I, 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 no disrespect to Dumbarton, but I, I don't think they would beat us playing football <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird way of saying they don't think they'd be just playing football but they're gonna have to make it the, a, a dogged affair scrapping for what they can get and if we defend the corners that we did like we did tonight against Dumbarton uh, I think that would be a, a, an equaliser for them um, kind of bring us down to their level um, I'm just looking at our comments um, uh, Curry chucking one in here um, let's see about Fabio Silva tonight was it was I apologize again at the start of the game in our pre-game I got it wrong 
the team sheet was going numerically and Ross McCausland obviously being 45 is right down the bottom so I seen uh, Cantwell, uh, Silva, Cantwell and Matondo and I went well there's your three. Uh, it turned out that Silva was, it was, it was more Silva, Matondo and McCausland with the wings. Uh, Silva up top, Matondo and McCausland with the wings and Todd in behind out of shape. When we were out of the ball our shape was almost like a 4-2-4 and having Todd up with Silva. Um, I thought it was these, those two looked like they were better working together. Um, it, it all depends on how long Seema's going to be away for, to be honest, because if Seema's not too far from coming back, I know there'll be a case of getting them back into our training uh, schedules and then back into the swing of things for the club instead of the country. Um, Silver will probably go back to being a striker in that case and being another option other than Dessers, but in the time where we're not going to have Seema as an option, he probably will have to go wide, if anything. Um, I don't think uh, I don't think Todd can play wide. So I, I wouldn't be playing. I wouldn't be playing um, Silva anywhere other than the wing on the uh, top at the moment. Um, I thought Todd was alright tonight, but he got caught a few times with the, the the what we've seen recently with the. I'll take the ball. He, he did. He did the hard bit. Is I keep saying this. He does the hard bit. He gets the ball under. Raskin played a lovely pass to him. Um, he got it out of his feet. He got it into his stride, and then he put two on him. So he then decided to stand up one of them when he had an option, uh, the wide man, and he, he kind of get caught in two minds of play or try and face them both up. And in the time it took him to make a decision to get the ball taken off of him, and um, we've seen it before. Um, it's it's becoming a bit of a routine now for him. Um, his stats aren't really good reading at the moment. As I said that in, th- in the, the pod Monday there last night, I think he, I seen he was the most dribbled by player uh, in in our team at least. Um, but I, 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 I didn't read too much into it because he, he charges down, and he presses quite hard uh, on the opposition ball carrier, and a, you know a drop of the shoulder, and that's him going to the shop. Um, so it doesn't look like good reading, but he certainly puts in the effort. Um, he screams to me that he needs a goal. Um, I know he got one against Motherwell, but he just needs to have a degree of consistency and he'll be back to where he was in the second half of last season. I thought he was brilliant last season in the second when he came in. Um, I don't know if it's just um, he's struggling personally to get to grips with the manager's ideas in terms of where he wants him to play. But, um, you know, I think that I'm still behind him. I think when he is being creative and he's in the flow of things, he's... He's certainly, I'd say, one of the more creative players we've got. Um, I think it certainly helps if he has a bit more stability in the two players he's going to have behind him if he is going to play the, the, the kind of attacking mid and having two central midfielders behind him. Um, I mean, uh, with Lundstrom and Sterling, I mean, I think we're all we're certainly all surprised by how good Dujon Sterling is at centre mid, but if it wasn't for how, how poor our injury record has been this season, we wouldn't have seen it. Um, it says it all. I think we're forgetting that you shouldn't have to play at centre mid. That's how short we are. And having that lack of stability and consistency behind Todd, if he is playing in the, the attacking midfielder role, I certainly don't think that, that helps him at all. I think it's a hindrance. Um, I, 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 don't, I, I wouldn't say necessarily it's because Raskin isn't there because I thought Raskin's not had a brilliant start to the season either. 
I think you can definitely see they're better together than they are separated. Um, but I, I suppose that's going to be a time will tell in that situation because Raskin's obviously just coming back from his injury. Um, I, I think it will be interesting to see what we do against Dumbarton. I, I don't know. I don't want to write Dumbarton off at all. As I said, I think set pieces we could we might struggle, but I'd like to see us put in the performance that we should be putting in and putting three or four or five by them. Um, I know it's away from home, but the sounds of it is going to be at the majority of Rangers fans uh, in the, in this, the ground. So I, I, I wouldn't write it off. I, I, I don't want to say a thump. And I, I, so, I feel like saying that about any team is, a, is slightly disrespectful, but we need to be putting on a performance of a team that is in the late rounds of a European competition and against a team that's in the lower leagues in Scotland. We need to play up to, you know, the tail of the tape. We we are the we are the heavyweight here. We need to go and prove that by putting four, five, six. You know, it could go on. Um, and I think if we can do that and have some a nice eight out of ten from Nico and Todd, then that certainly would do them the world of good. Yeah, you know, I'm not too I'm not too big on the we'll chuck the the wins out against Dumbarton, especially when they're just in the door with Clermont. I don't think I, I, I'm struggling to kind of word this correctly because I feel like I've not seen anything from a Rice or a McKinnon in in the midfield in this kind of training uh, sessions games that we've had recently it says that they've been horrible I just don't think that they've had the right person next to them, I think if you're going to if you are going to chuck in some youth, you're going to have to blend it pretty well because chucking Sifuentes in there with McKinnon and Rice in Spain was a poor decision in my opinion. I think we didn't really give the the two youth players a backbone to work off of and have a bit of the kind of support, especially when you can compare it to having Golden in the centre half position, having Fraser out in the left, King out in the right, and you fake all alongside Golden. That's that was probably better because you have the experience on from the shoulders of Golden, and I think he. Funnily enough, I thought he was one of the worst performers in, in that kind of uh, back four against Berlin. Um, but it just shows you. Um, again, I'd, I'd say in terms of the youngsters tonight, I'm happy with Yufeko. I think another year or two of development and he could be a real player. Um, maybe a lapse of concentration on the goal. I think he maybe leaves himself having to recover. Um, and that's maybe why he's put it in his own goal, make, not get, not having the concentration to go with the player early and trying to make up for it, and it ends up going in the back of his own net. Uh, the midfield, I said, McKinnon, um, he was obviously left wing. I don't think that would be too much to say that he, I don't think he'll have a chance uh, against the Barton. If so, I think he would have probably had more time playing in his natural centre mid place to, to get him prepped properly for, for Dumbarton. Um, Rice, I don't think it's close enough. Um, he never featured tonight. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't see where... The only one would maybe be Leon King. Um, I don't know where they would put him. It would be at centre-half or it would be at right-back and give Tav a break. Um, it's, it's something that the, the gaffer probably need to decide before now until then. Um, but I wouldn't make too many wholesale changes. The gaffer said um, Dowell is injured there wasn't i think it was somebody saying it was he had requested time away to for a family uh, expecting a child or something like that but he said it was an injury 
Um, not a brilliant one. I think he said a month um, it would be without him, which is frustrating, he said. Obviously, with um, coming on to a game recently, scoring against Motherwell. Um, Davies, he was hoping to have back this week. That's fallen through by the sounds of it. Um, hoping to maybe hear more on him next week. I'm sure somebody in the press will, will ask him about that heading into Dumbarton. Um, apart from that, I suppose the good things in terms of the injury front was that Jack and Lawrence were back. I thought Tom Lawrence was uh, was okay. Um, I think that we need to stop rushing Tom Lawrence back in. I think he definitely found out that he wasn't 100% when he came back from his last injury because he then gets re-injured with a muscle injury with, within about two games. It's frustrating that we don't, we don't have a return-to-play protocol that's nailed out that works. Um, I like that. I, I like to hear a wee bit more about that in the kind of close season if we're going to make changes in terms of our uh, our doctor team. I know we made we brought in Waller at the start of the season, but I, I don't know. I, I said again tonight that he's never seen anything like this in his, his career. Uh, come on, um, he usually prides himself in his teams being healthy. Uh, his last places of work, but. This isn't like nothing he's seen before, which kind of tells you how bad it is. I mean, I think we're all aware of how bad it is, but it's certainly hearing it and from an, an honest perspective from from the manager, uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's just a perplexing situation to be in. Um, wonder if we'll see some people maybe not interested in joining the club if they're going to end up in the injury table. I, mean, I think somebody said the whole Nisbet room with all day. He's He's had some injury issues since he left Hibs, so I don't think he'd be a good option, given our, our track record. Um, but I suppose the only time will tell. Same with the transfer front, he said, you know, uh, whether it's tomorrow or if it's the 31st, I'm sure that we'll, we'll kind of uh, we'll have what we need in place. Um, but he's not giving too much away. He's keeping his cards close to his chest, um, which I suppose is good. I mean, the press are going to want to hear a big scoop. Um don't get me wrong, it would be lovely if we announced Messi and Bappe and Haaland all on, on pre-contracts um, to a little half-time on the park, but that's not how it's it's going to play out, and I think we all know that. So I think he was quick to reiterate that there is work going on. That it's not we're not just sitting about and waiting. It's he said from the, he can tell by the the texts and calls he gets that God knows what time at night um, he's losing sleep over it. Uh, that he knows his team are working hard and everyone in the background who need to be working on it are doing their best. Um, so as I said, it's, I think it's just a weighing game. Um, but again, no real hints, no real scoops that we can really comment on. So I'm presuming we'll probably just need to wait and see. I think we'll, uh, I'm just conscious of the time. I don't want everyone staying up too late. I know I've certainly got my work tomorrow. So I think I'll call it there. Um, thank you very much to everyone that's come along in this kind of post-game <laughs> impromptu uh, live stream um, that we'll listen tomorrow morning. Uh, no, no shame in, <laughs> in not missing the and uh, missing the live because it was very, very late, and I apologise for that. But um, thanks again. Thanks for the support. Um, uh, I think it's bedtime for me. Um, so <laughs> until next time, I think we'll be back on Thursday night. Um, so until then, uh, this has been the Gallant View. Uh, signing off, Andrew Stewart, and uh, a two each game against Copenhagen. I'm still very cold. <laughs> Thanks. Good night. Yeah.